Our next session will deal with something similar to the pandemic, something that's very widespread and has affected a lot of people, um, and that is the derecho storm, something that came rather suddenly and rather unexpectedly. It kind of just hit, and then we were left to pick up the pieces. So I'd like to say a, good, a few words about that. In those regards, I've got some good news, and I've got some bad news for you. Now, I know what you're thinking. The good news part probably sounds pretty nice right about now. So if you're like me, you're hoping and praying for relief in a situation like this one. Um, you may find yourself praying specifically throughout the day. Um, I don't know about you all, but these last couple, actually not a couple of weeks, these last few months with everything that's been going on, it's been all day, every day, prayer every hour on the hour. And um, that's for good reason, I think. So you might think I'm out of my mind to give you more bad news, what with everything that's going on. Um, what could I possibly do to add to social injustice, a global pandemic, and now derecho? And that's not to mention all of your individual difficulties out there. I know I've got my own personal struggles. But what if I told you that both this good news and this bad news are found in the same verse of Scripture, the same sentence even? So how could that be? Well, let's take a look at the Scripture. It'll be on the screen behind me. I hope that all of you online can see it. Um, and if you want to, please read along with me. It says, Then Job arose... And tore his robe and shaved his head and fell on the ground and worshipped. And he said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I shall return. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So if you don't know the story of Job, at the very beginning of the book, Satan enters into the throne room of God and says, Hey, I bet you there's no righteous person on earth. And God says, Hey, I'll bet you're wrong. Have you looked at my servant Job? And Satan says, essentially, I bet you that I can make Job curse you. And God says, basically, do your worst. And that's exactly what Satan does. In the course of a single afternoon, Job loses his friends, his family, his business, his health, and so much more. I can't imagine. So, Let's start with the bad news. Isn't that what we always do? When we say there's good news and bad news, we start with the bad news so that we can kind of soften the blow with the good news later. Let's start with the bad news in this verse. Here it is. God takes away. God takes away. Okay? I'm saying this is bad news, and I'm using quotes, bad news, because it's undesirable to us. Not everything that's good is desirable, and not everything that's bad is undesirable because that's not how the spiritual life actually works. So let me just start with that little caveat. All of us, to one degree or another, have experienced loss and sometimes very painful loss. And the longer we live, the more we lose. And there seems to be no limit to the kinds of things that we can lose. Now, I also want to enter, kind of insert another caveat here. I don't think that God intentionally harms us in fact, I think he's gone to great lengths to preserve us and to show us that he's merciful. But here is the thing. He does allow us to lose things, and he allows us to lose people that are important to us. In Job's case, he lost everything and everyone he loved at the same time. I don't know about you, but I can't imagine that. 
I'm, I can kind of go back in my memory and think about the worst day I've ever had in my life, and it's nothing even close to what Job experienced. So that's the bad news. Here's the good news. God gives. Just as all of us have experienced God taking away, we've all experienced God giving, too. How can I say that? I don't know you all individually. How do I know that? Here's how I know. Right here, right now, God is giving us the freedom to openly proclaim his name, to openly read his word, to openly praise him, and to love and encourage one another. And if you don't think that's a blessing, listen, I grew up for a long time not being part of the church and not even being a Christian. Let me tell you, it's a, it's a lost, lonely world out there. The ability to come together even this morning is a great blessing. And I'm sure many of us can think of many, many other blessings that God has poured onto us. Let's get to the true heart of the scripture, though. So it says that God gives, God takes away. The heart of the scripture, the thing that ties those things together is that we are totally dependent on God, totally and completely. And this idea, like when I said it was bad news, this idea is not meant to discourage you, but rather to give you assurance, right? Because if you're anything like me, this idea that God takes away does not often give assurance. So you might say to me, that's Old Testament, that's Job, that's a very, very special circumstance. What if I told you Jesus teaches essentially the same thing? I'd like to take you to another passage of Scripture in the book of Matthew. It's going to be in the uh, Matthew chapter 6. We'll read from verses 25 and 26. Again, I hope you can see it, but I'm going to read it out loud for you here. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? So this is kind of difficult too, kind of difficult for me to hear when you really get down to what the Scripture is actually saying. Here we have Jesus commanding us not to be anxious about actual material needs, right? And it's one thing if the Bible says not to do something, right? Like, do not lie. Oh, okay. All I have to do is not open my mouth and not try to deceive somebody. But this command says, do not be something. Well, how can we do that? Doesn't anxiety just kind of happen to you? Doesn't sadness and heartache and frustration and all of these things that come with our issues, doesn't that just kind of happen to your soul? Let me answer that question with a story. So I know we all have kind of a derecho story, like where you were, who you were with, what you were doing. So here's my story real fast. We didn't have a whole lot of food in my house, and I was hungry. So we decided to go out and get some food. I was just with Nora and Lucas, my two young children. We decided to go to Culver's and made our way through the long drive through line and had just gotten past the drive through window, were pulled up waiting for our food, and my daughter looks up at the sky ahead of us and says, Daddy, the sky is black. I think it might rain. I said, sweetheart, I think you're probably right. We haven't had rain for a while, and, you know, it looks pretty dark. Not even a minute later, I see this gust of wind slam into all of the, <laughs> the cars in front of me. The Rachel was there, was not there, and then it was there all of a sudden. 
And I thought, man, this is a crazy storm. I don't know if I've seen one quite like this. And then the storm began to pick up. People didn't know what was going on. I know this because the workers at Culver's were still leaving from the restaurant and trying to take their food out to people. And as the wind started picking up, I rolled down my window and shouted at one of them, hey, man, don't risk your life for this. Because at that moment, I realized this is not an ordinary storm. This is not how things usually go. So I pulled up ahead into the parking lot. It's about that time my wife called, and she asked me where I was. I said, well, I'm in a parking lot, totally exposed, and the wind continued to pick up. I'm told now that the wind speed reached uh, excess of about 140 miles an hour, something like that. So between 100 and 140 miles an hour. And so I'm totally exposed in this parking lot, being hit by these things. She starts crying. My daughter starts crying. And do you know what happened to me? I'm not sure what it was. Well, I'm sure what it was. The Holy Spirit in me caused me to begin to pray. And I just started, I started rebuking the wind. I started rebuking the rain. I started rebuking the rocking of the car and everything. And what was coming out of me at that moment was the bedrock of my faith. Amen. Which is the Holy Spirit in me proclaiming Jesus. That's all I had. I honestly thought in that moment I might lose my life. And here's the strange thing about that. Even though I thought I might lose my life, I had peace. I can honestly tell you. And I even said as much on the phone. I said, Stacia, I'm afraid right now, but I'm okay. I said that. So at the risk of sounding dramatic, um, I just, I realized I might lose my life and my children, but the Holy Spirit gave me that peace that passes all understanding. So how to not be anxious. Back to our question from before. How was I able to do that? Here's the answer. I was not. I was not able to do that. In my flesh, in my human weakness, was not able to calmly say, I'm okay with this. It was Christ in me, the hope of glory. So, just as we read in Job that we're totally dependent on God for our material needs, we are totally dependent on God for our peace. Everything, internal, external, is all dependent on God's grace. I'd like to sing a special song for you this morning that deals with these storms in life, sometimes literal storms like derecho, sometimes storms like cancer, sometimes storms like the death of a loved one, sometimes storms like losing your house. Whatever it is this morning, I think this song will speak to you. I was sure by now that you would have reached out and wiped our tears away, stepped in and saved the day. But once again, I say amen, and it's still raining. As the thunder rolls, I barely hear you whisper through the rain. I'm with you. As mercy falls, I raise my hands, 
praise the God who gives and takes away. I'll praise you. Now I'll praise you in this storm and I'll lift my hands. You are who you are. No matter where I am, every tear I cry, you hold in your hand. You never left my side. Is torn. I will praise you in this storm. I remember when I stumbled. I remember when I stumbled in the wind. You heard my cry to you and raised me up again. My strength is almost gone. Can I carry on if I can't find you? And as the thunder rolls, I barely hear you whisper through the rain. I'm with you. And as your mercy falls, I raise my hands and praise the God who gives and takes away. please bow your heads and pray with me. Father in heaven, you give and you take away, but Lord, you always give what we actually need. 
which is your presence. I pray that your presence would be with everyone who suffered loss at the hands of the ratio, Lord. But I do pray, Lord, in your mercy that you might provide relief, especially for those who are impoverished, who are not able to get up on their feet as easily as others. Please, Lord, pour out your mercy and love. May your church shine like a bright light and do what we have done. Respond to the needs of the people you care so much for. We pray and we ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen.